Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to read a passage that deals, Paul dealt with, about the Lord's Supper with the church at Corinth. And I got to thinking about, about this, this whole thing. It's a it's a Lord's Supper message, but it's also a, a message that has to do with this, this next year. We need to have the right mindset coming into a year. You know, year people talk about they're going to resolve to do this and resolve to do that. And they're making their New Year's resolutions. And that's all, that's, that's all fine and, and dandy, and that's good. Good to do that. We should always be looking as particularly a safe people to grow in grace and to, to be better than, the, than we were and closer to God than we were a year ago. However, uh, that will take some mindsets. Uh, that will take some, some right kind of thinking. And if we don't have the right kind of thinking, we don't have the right mindsets, those, those things won't, won't come to pass, those resolutions, as, as, as uh, well-intended as they may be. So with that in mind, I want us to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to read a rather lengthy passage, verse 17, down through the end of the chapter. So let's stand together, if you would, in honor of the Word of God. And if your neighbor does not have a Bible this morning, allow them to look on with you. Beginning in verse 17, it says, Now in this uh, that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it, for there must be also heresies among you that they which are approved uh, may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, uh, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. Uh, what have ye not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God and shame them that have not? What, have I, what shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak, and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, 
when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together with condemnation. And the rest will I set in order when I come. Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. Thank you for the privilege of being able to start off the new year with God's people in, in your house. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for the uh, opportunity to, to hear scriptures preached, and we pray, Father, that our hearts would be open to the preaching of the Word of God. We pray, Lord, that you'd help us to see the importance of these three mindsets that are laid out for us in scripture. They're not only mindsets that we need to have when we come to the Lord's table, but they're also mindsets that we need to have throughout the year. And uh, Father, I pray that uh, you might uh, give me the, the, the understanding and the clearness of mind and the, and the strength and the power to preach your word. Uh, Father, I pray that, uh, that there'd be nothing I would say or do that would, that would hinder uh, the work that you intend to do in each and every one of our hearts. Father, may our hearts be open to you. And as you speak to our hearts, may we say yes to our Savior and God. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. There were some real problems in Corinth. Uh, they, had, they had a church that had a lot of divisions. And they had heresies. They were carnal. Um, one of the things that they did, uh, and they did this based upon Scripture, <clears throat> they would, before they'd have the Lord's Supper, before they'd observe the Lord's Supper, they'd also have a uh, supper before that, and they did that because that's what Jesus did. Jesus had supper with his disciples, and then he observed the Passover. Well, they, they, uh, they decided to follow that same pattern. However, their attitudes and so forth are so carnal, that, uh, and there was so much contention and strife that the, the, the supper ended up being a, a real sham and a real shame. Uh, their mindset was, was totally wrong. They were driven by, earth, by, by fleshly appetites. And, and a church that is in that kind of state like they were, church that's not unified, is a church that's really a, a disgrace in our approach to Christ. And so in, in describing the Lord's Supper, uh, in the description, he gives a solution to their carnal thinking and their, their carnal attitudes and their divisions and their strife. And the, the solution was that they, they needed to have three mindsets. And those three mindsets are directly connected with the Lord's Supper. They're three mindsets that we need to have when we go into this new year, if we want to have a year that will please and honor our Savior. So there are three, three, three different uh, mindsets. And the first one, we find in verses 23 down through 25, it says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I, I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the, the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is a New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. This is uh, having a right look on the past. And the, the attitude and the mindset that we need to have looking in the past is one of appreciation. 
It's, it's remembering and remembering with gratitude what the Lord Jesus Christ did for you. Now, I don't know when you got saved. I'm sure we've got different age numbers represented in a, in a congregation this size. Uh, but, but there was a time, if, you're, if you've trusted Christ as Savior, if you know for sure your sins are forgiven and you're on your way to heaven, it's because there was a time in your life when you realized you were a sinner. You realized you were heading for hell. You realized that your sin was going to take you there if it wasn't forgiven and that the only way that you could get your sin forgiven was by trusting Jesus Christ and his shed blood and him alone to take you to heaven. And uh, you simply repented of your sin and, and uh, turned from that and turned to Christ and believed on him and trusted him and him alone as your Savior, cried out to him for mercy, asked him to save your soul and to give you eternal life. The moment that happened, uh, the moment you did that, the moment you believed on Christ, there's a whole bunch of stuff that took place. And one of the things that took place is you became a child of God. You had your sins totally and completely forgiven. And, and uh, we, we need to, to often look back at that, even throughout the year, not just at the Lord's table, but, but throughout the year, look back and remember the changes that Jesus Christ made in your life because of him. Um, you would not be where you are. I'll guarantee you I wouldn't be at Freedom Baptist Church if I wasn't saved. I wouldn't be. I know, I, I know where I was headed before I got saved. I got saved at 17. And, uh, and, and God made a tremendous difference in, in my life. And that's, that's just a... If you just keep that remembrance, if you just keep that gratitude uh, for all that God has done for you, just, just in salvation alone, now you add to that the direction, the wisdom, the provision, the help, the guide, the grace, the mercy, and on and on we can go. Uh, you add all of that to what, just looking back this last year and seeing how God has provided uh, for us as individuals uh, ought to give us the right attitude and the attitude of appreciation and gratitude. Um, when Christ died on the cross, his, his body was broken. But notice, notice the terminology that he uses. Look in verse 24. It says, it says in verse 24, when he had given thanks, he, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. You, not the world, not everyone who's going to be born and everyone that has been born, but you. It's personal. It's personal. And, you know, we, we talk about, in fact, one of the, the phrases that we use is, uh, is if you're saved, you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That means, that means he is your personal God. And that means he takes care of you personally. And that means that he died for you personally. And, and uh, we're to remember Christ. It says his body was broken for you. Uh, sometimes we think about the death. We think about the forgiveness. But think about the person. He did that because he loved you. Yes, he loved the world. I understand that. But he loved you personally. And he died for you because he cares for you. His blood was shed for you. 
Uh, remember him. Don't just remember the act. Don't just remember that your sins were forgiven, but remember that, it, that he did it for you. You, th you think about what took place at Calvary. On the cross was the creator of the universe. Every person that was beneath that cross was, was breathing breath because he allowed them to. He's the creator. And he let his creation kill him. He let his creation, not just kill him, crucify him, which is one of the most, most ghastly, awful deaths that a person could possibly go through. And he did that uh, because he loved you, because he loved me. Um, Christ died pure. Christ died sinless. And Christ died holy. He never did anything wrong. There was no sin. You know, and we think about that. We think the, the absence of sin. Yes, and that's, that's part of it. But understand, there was not only the absence of sin, but the total presence of holiness and righteousness in Jesus Christ. I mean, he not only did nothing wrong, he, he always did right. He was pure. He was holy. And he was treated like a trespasser. He was treated like a transgressor. He was treated like a sinner. You know what he was treated like? He was treated like what you and I deserve. He got what we should have gotten. He died for us. And, and uh, he died for the defiled, for the sinful, for the wicked creation that put him on that cross. You think about it. Uh, it says, my, my, my body was broken for you. Now, that's not referring to his bones. His bones were not broken. There was no bone that was broken on Christ. But his body was broken. How, how was it broken? It was broken with whips. It was broken with thorns. It was uh, uh, broken with nails. Uh, it was broken by slaps and being buffeted. And he did all of that because of you. He did all of that because of us. He suffered for us. He suffered for us because he loved us. One of, the, one of the verses that, as I was preparing this message, came to my mind was John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And oftentimes when we quote it, I, I know I do this. I, I just kind of gloss over it. I go through it. For God so loved the world. Whoa, stop. <laughs> it didn't say God loved the world. God did not love the world. He so loved the world. In other words, that, that, that love was an overwhelming love. Um, this last year, 2022, does it reflect the appreciation in your life? Does your life reflect the appreciation that you have for the Savior for what he did for you just there alone on the cross. Now, again, you could add so much more to that, but that's the greatest thing that could be done for any of us. If, if he had done nothing else but simply pay for our sins and make it available to all, we'd have absolutely nothing to complain about. 
Absolutely nothing. You know why? Because we would trust Christ as Savior. We would get saved. We would have him forgive us of all of our sins. And someday we would spend eternity with him. A hundred years from now, the thing that you're worried about the most right now isn't going to mean a hill of beans to you. <laughs> it's not going to mean anything. And, and that's, that's the enormity of, of, of what Christ did for us on the cross. We should continually uh, remember and reflect on the, the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us. That'll, that'll make this a better year for us if we, we not forget that. We, we need to remember the price he paid. We need to remember the pain that he suffered when he didn't deserve a bit of it and he didn't have to do it. I mean, listen, folks, if he, if he did nothing and allowed us to die and go to hell for all eternity, he would have been, he would have been righteous in doing so but he showed mercy and he loved us. And because he so loved us, he paid the price. Um, we need to remember the, the cup he drank. You know, before he went to that cross, he, he said, uh, Father, be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. I, he did not say, let this cross pass from me. He did not say that. He came to earth to die on the cross. But he said cup. When, when he was talking about the cup, you go to the book of Psalms and you find that the cup is the cup of the wrath of God that was poured out on him when he was on that cross. Uh, he, got, he got all that we deserve. And not just, not just you as an individual or me as an individual, but corporately. I mean, he died for all of our sins together. And so he got, he got that full blast of, of the wrath of God. And, and it was my sin that he died for. It was your sin that he died for. And, and we need to remember that. We need to remember his mercy and his kindness and his grace and his love, his tenderness, his forgiveness. That's who our God is. And, and, and his long suffering. And it was for you personally. It was for you personally. So that, that, that's the first mindset we have to have. We have to have a, a mindset of, of, of looking backwards and, and, and having uh, a, an appreciation and a uh, gratitude for what Christ did for us on the cross. Then the, the second mindset we need to have is a right look at the present. Look down in verses 28 through 31. It says, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drink, drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. He's talking about having a right, right outlook at the present. And it's a, a, a mindset of inspection, of inspecting and examining your own life and seeing if you're right with God. Um, you know, ask yourself, even, even this morning, are, are you harboring right now where you sit any unconfessed sin that you've not confessed and repented of and turned away from? And told it to God. Uh, sometimes we, you know, we take that kind of stuff lightly. Uh, 
But God doesn't take it lightly because he said, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep because they didn't examine their, themselves be, before, they, before they partook in the Lord's Supper and God chastened them for it. Um, you know, one of, the, one, of the, one of the blessings, believe it or not, one of the blessings of being saved is knowing that, that God loves you enough to chasten you, to straighten you out when you go in the wrong direction. That's not, that's not a curse. That's a blessing. Uh, that's, that's good to know that God cares for us like that. But understand that God looks at it as a very serious thing. And I sh should not have any, any unconfessed sin in my life, not only before I participate in the, in the Lord's Supper, but on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, one other thing, I was thinking about this just this weekend. I don't know of another church, and I'm not saying there isn't, there aren't other churches that, that are like this. I'm sure there are. But I've just never been in a church that takes the Lord's Supper as seriously as this one does. And I appreciate that. As your pastor, believe me, I really appreciate that. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a very serious service. Um, and it ought to be. It ought to be. Now, it's, it, it's joyous because we know what God did for us, but, but we take it seriously, and you ought to take it seriously. But can I tell you something? We need to take our sin seriously every single day. And when it, when it creeps into our life and it comes there, we need to get it out. We need to get it out as quickly as we can when we're, when we're made aware of it. We need to examine our actions, examine our hearts, examine our thoughts, Examine our motives. And not, not, again, not just now before we participate in the Lord's Supper, but on a daily basis in 2023. Is there anything that you've left unresolved this last year? Is there something that has not been taken care of and you could have taken care of? No, I'm talking about on your part. I realize you can't control other people. But you can certainly uh, change you. And, you know, you can confess your sin and you can make something right. And uh, you can get a situation, at least from your standpoint, from your side of the thing, you can get the thing resolved and do, do right in it. Uh, is, there, is there anything that you've left unresolved, first of all, with God? Because that's always where it starts. You know, whenever, whenever we disciplined our children and when they were growing up, one of the first things we, we did after the, after the chastening is that we would, we would hold the child in our arms and let them cry and sob. And, and uh, then we'd lead them into praying and asking God to forgive them. And I don't care if they just push their, one of their siblings down the stairs. You, know? uh, you don't go take care of the sibling first. You take care of God first because... You, you've first sinned against God, and then secondly, you've sinned uh, and trespassed against the individual. But, uh, but they need to take care of that first. So is there anything that you have that's unresolved with God? If not, I encourage you, take care of it today. And then is there anything that's unresolved with others? Now, if the other is here, you can get it taken care of even before we take the Lord's Supper together. Or maybe you'd want to do that after the service. It's up to you. But if there's something that's unresolved, you need to take care of it. Um, the, the, the scriptural principle is found in verses 30 and 31 
uh, particularly in 31, it says, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. That relates to 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 that says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the, the, the right look that we have to have about the present is, am I, am I right with God and am I right with others? Uh, and, and, an attitude and a mindset of inspection. Are you clean and right before God and man? One of the things that Paul said often in his writings, he said that he had a clean conscience before God and man. Now, it was always in that order. He never said, I have a clean conscience before man and God. He always said, I have a clean conscience before God and man. And I believe that's because that was his priority. But it was true in both cases, not just one. He said, I've, I've made sure that I've gotten things right with my God. And I've made sure that I've gotten things right with my fellow man. And because of that, I have a clean conscience. So that's a right look at the present, the, the mindset of inspection. And then the, the third mindset that's necessary is found in verse 26. He says this, he says, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. You show the Lord's death till he come. That's a right look at the future. And that's a, that's a look of anticipation. Um, I don't think there's, there's been a year since I've been saved that I haven't looked into that new year or looked forward to that new year and said, Lord, is it, is it this year? You know, is this going to be the year? Or I was talking with, I think it was Grant before the service, and he said, uh, he says, you realize we're not, we're not supposed to be here now. We're supposed to be gone by 2000, you know. And we all thought that years ago. That's exactly what we thought. Look, you say, well, that's, that's dangerous to think like that. No, that's healthy to think like that. Constantly be looking ahead and looking forward to the Lord coming back. The moment you, you don't care one way or the other, then, then you got a problem. Then you got a problem. But we ought, we ought to go into every year with the anticipation that the Lord could come back. You know, is this the year? Uh, if it is the year, and it could be. I mean, you look at what, you know, for, forget what happened in your personal life for just a minute. Look what happened in the world this last year. My word. <laughs> have, we, have, have, we, have we been like a, a ball bearing, a grease ball bearing on a plank going downhill? Uh, we, we, I mean, we're, we're just picking up speed. We're going faster and faster and faster. Um, you know, there's a good possibility Lord could come back in 2023. Wouldn't that be wonderful? How would you face him? How would you face him? Um, are you really looking forward to it? Is it something that, that, that you anticipate? Um, you know, when you do see him, take your Bibles. Um, this is one of my favorite passages about, about the second coming. Go to, go to 1 Peter chapter 1. I just love this. 1 Peter 1. Verse 
First Peter 1, look in verse 6. It says, we're in, and he was writing, Peter was writing to a bunch of Christians that were going through some struggles and troubles and trials and so forth. And uh, he, he says, wherefore, uh, uh, verse 6, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, and none of us have, we've not seen him face to face, but someday we will, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Can you imagine the first glimpse that you and I get of the Savior? We've served him all these years, and you get a chance to see him. You get a chance to see him. What's he going to say to you? Again, we have a personal God. He's going to talk to me personally. He's going to talk to you personally. Is he going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Or are you going to hang your head and not want to look in his eyes? Um, what you resolve in, to do in 2023 with your life will determine whether or not you bring him pleasure or you bring him disgrace. Uh, I, I hope your desire is to bring God pleasure this year. I hope that at the top of your list of, of, of priorities in your life is that you want to please the Savior more than you want to please yourself, more than you want to please your spouse, more than you want to please your family, more than you want to please your boss, more than you want to please anybody. You want to please the Lord. Uh, will you resolve in your heart that the one thing you want to do is to bring him pleasure and you want him to be able to look at you if he does come this year, and he could. If he does come this year, will he say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. And with this, I'll be done. 1 John 3. 1 John chapter 3, and verses, verses 1 through 3, speak of the coming of the Lord, speak of that blessed hope. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not appear of what we shall be. But we know that when, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. What it says is if you're really looking for Jesus to come back, you want to be able to look him in the eye 
and say, I, I live for you, I love you, and I'm glad I'm home. Uh, if you have that attitude and you have that mindset of an anticipation of the Lord coming back, then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have the right attitude looking toward the future. Three, three necessary mindsets. There are three mindsets that we need to have when we come to Lord's Supper. But there are also three mindsets that we need to have when we come into 2023. And that's number one, the mindset of appreciation. God has been good to you if you're saved. And you have much to be thankful for. Second is a mindset of inspection. Just simply looking in your life. And by the way, we'll give an invitation. And that will be a tremendous opportunity for you to come and just thank the Lord for, for uh, uh, how good he's been to you. You can, you can, if there's something that's unresolved between you and God, you can get that taken care of. Um, and, and also, you can reflect your attitude of anticipation, looking forward to the day when Jesus Christ comes back. And it could be this next year. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And all God's people said... Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the plainness of it. Thank you for this description, not only the Lord's Supper, but the mindsets that we need to have going into it and really going into this next year. Paul knew that the cure for carnality and the cure for division and the cure for disunity in the church was uh, having an appreciation for the Savior, uh, being, being very careful in inspecting their own lives and making sure that they're right with God. And then, last of all, to anticipate the coming of the Lord. Father, I pray that you'd help us to have those mindsets. And as, as this message was preached, I'm sure there have been things that you have spoken to your children about. God, as, as you've spoken to them, I pray they take those things seriously and that they'll respond accordingly. God, uh, may you have your will in your way in this invitation in each and every one of our lives. God, we pray that you'd speak to our hearts, and as you do, may we say yes to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.